Episode 41 of the Tip of the Spear Leadership. Welcome back, everybody. And today I have Dakota Meyer. You may recognize him from being an accomplished author, the United States Marine, and he is also owns, he's the owner of Own the Dash. Dakota, thanks for joining us and uh, good morning. Welcome. Glad to be here, man. Thank you. Just real quick, for anyone that may not know who you are, please give us a, just a real quick uh, introduction of who you are, what brought you here, um, on the dash, anything you want to get into? Yeah, man. You know, so I um, I served in the Marine Corps from 2006, 2010. I grew up in a small town, Columbia, Kentucky, uh, you know, and and uh, my, my grandfather was a, a firefighter, uh, you know, so I grew up, I remember being in a car seat, you know, rolling up on scenes with my, with my uh, grandfather and Nice. Uh, you know, sir, so I think I think serving was kind of just in, in our blood, right? And so I went sure. um, went to the Marine Corps. Two thousand six, uh, became a sniper. I was a sniper. I operated in Iraq and Fallujah, north of Fallujah, in two thousand seven, and I went to Afghanistan. Uh, was in Afghanistan in two thousand nine. Um, ended up being in quite a few gunfights over there. I ended up losing my entire team. <clears throat> Came back, got out of the Marine Corps. Um, received the Medal of Honor, and then uh, you know, fast forward about ten years in life, and uh, decided to you know join the fire service. So uh, where where do you work? Uh, volunteer. I, we talked a little bit before we started recording that you were a uh, volunteer captain. Let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. So you know, twenty twenty hit, and um, you know, I had joined a volunteer department. I I moved to a location where I was closer to that. You know, I, I seen there was a volunteer department. I swung by and said, hey, you know, what, what can I do to help out? You know, I don't know anything about the fire service. I, I you know, this is, you know, I don't know anything about it, but uh, I appreciate what you all do. And, and you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I had, I, I got out of the Marine Corps in 2010. And, I, you know, I've been, you know, so often we, we take for granted that we get to live and there's people out there who are taking care of us. Right. And like, you know, sure. like my kids get to drive down the road and gosh, if they need something, there's people waiting to help them. And and so, you know, I was so fortunate to have that. And, uh, you know, it's like we all do in the United States of America. Um, but you know, I don't know, 2020 hit and I felt like I was in a position to where I could go help and give back. And so I joined that volunteer department. I started making calls and, I was like, man, I want to be able to do more. Like, I want to, I don't just want to show up and, and, and I want to be able to, like, I, I want to be able to learn more so that I can be able to do more to help people and to provide a, a wider capabilities, or, you know, a wider array of capabilities. And, um, you know, so I went and got my EMT and then I turned around and I went to the, to a, uh, to a, a, a uh, an academy. Uh, I got my certs and then I, I became a, you know, what we, I guess we call it a professional firefighter in the state of Texas commission. So I got my mm -hmm. commission and then I uh, went to work for a, a, a full-time department, um, worked for them. And then I went to work for another full-time department as well. Uh, moved a little bit closer to home, worked for them for a while. And then, you know, about 2022, uh, 2021, um, all my work started coming back, like traveling and being able to get on the road again. And so uh, I went to part time and that's what I do now. So I'm part time at one department. I'm a captain at uh, or, or we have a it's a um, 
it's a it's part of it's paid like we have some paid guys on staff but it's volunteers so it's a combination department so i'm a captain at that department and so you know um just always trying to increase increase that knowledge right and and trying sure. to give back to be able to provide for the community sure now you're a volunteer captain and and one thing i've learned and we talked about this a little bit briefly you know leadership in its essence is going to be on in humanity, right? It, it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO, you're in the Marines, you're in the Army, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you need to lead people and have them accomplish a goal, you have to have leadership. And a lot of that leadership, at least in my experience, and, and I'm, a, I'm a lieutenant on a, uh, in a company, company officer. So I have a station that I run um, on my shift. We have four shifts. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned is it's, it's how you interact with people and how you treat them. So, you know, we talked a little bit off camera, and this is what I want to get into first. Um, in your book, uh, The Way Forward by you and Rob O'Neill, um, you talked about a Marine. His name was Castillo. He was a, uh, he was a stripper off base in his part time. We'll call that moonlighting. And, um, you know, you kind of described how he came under your command when you were a uh, squad leader, I believe, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, you felt like he wasn't good enough. I want to talk about that. It, it's in your book. Um, let, let's get into that. Yeah, so he 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 was supposedly right. Uh, he was a stripper before he came to the Marine Corps, and he uh, and he became under my team as a team leader. I became a team leader, and you know, my gunny had promoted me from lance corporal to corporal. I was leading a sniper team at a young age, and um, you know, Gunny Soto was a, a very. I mean, he was a very fact factual type of man, like not emotional at all. Um, he was all about results, and he was about leadership, and he was about you know, because look, the, the military and the fire service, they make, they, like, we mix this up. And, and, and they make, they make people, they make managers. Like, like, automatically, they make managers. They, they, they have parameters. And, and, and let me start with what the difference between a manager and a leader is. So sure. there's a huge difference. So they make managers. They automatically, if you're in the fire service long enough, you're going to know how to manage people to get the bare minimum done. Right. A manager is the bare like a, a, a manager is a D student leader. Right. And um, and for. But to be a leader, um, the an, an A plus leader, um, you know, what what that means is, is, is both are trying to get people to do what needs to get done. Right. So, like, that's the end result of what both of these types of people um are trying to do is, is to get whatever task or whatever needs to be done to be accomplished by other people. And so the manager, people only do it because they fear the consequences or they, they fear they only do it out of not get to not get in trouble. Right there. They are, they are, um, listen, like I said, D level students, uh, you know, uh, for a leader, a leader gets them to do it because they believe in the cause. They believe in the, 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 what we're doing. They, they believe in the overall, uh, responsibility for them to do this of the mission for them to be able to be successful and the overall success of the team. Right. And that's what a leader does versus a manager who gets people to do it because of their rank or because of, you know, they have to bring in seniority or they have to throw out, you know, the, you know, because you know, you'll get in trouble if you don't do it. Right. And so it's usually a different motivation. So Castillo, you know, I got promoted, I was leading a team and, um, I had a six man sniper team and, um, Gunny, Gunny promoted me to, to corporal and, you know, in the Marine Corps as an NCO, like when you become an NCO, I mean, 
you look up to NCOs until you become one, right? Like, I mean, NCOs are like, they are it, right? And um, I mean, they are the backbone. They are the results of the military. NCOs are the people, like it is the best position in the military. Um, and so, you know, I, I became a corporal and, uh, and, 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 you know, we ran this in-doc and we were, so these in-docs, we were, we were taking in new guys from the unit that came, they tried out that, you know, they, they went across, you know, just like a screening that you all do for the fire service or whatever. Right. Sure. And so they, they tried out for hers and, and I had already, I knew Castile from the fleet and I didn't like him. Uh, I, I just didn't, I mean, he was a good guy, like nice and uh, fun to hang out with. Um, but he wasn't a guy that, that he was, I didn't think he was the professional that we were looking for. And, um, so I'd already had that mindset. Like no matter what he did, I was going to find what he didn't do and use that to keep him out. Right. Such an egotistical thing. Like, cause I mean, why, why, who am I? Why else? Like, you know, and, and that was where like, and it's, this is all come around, but anyways, Castillo came, he ran the end doc. Um, he passed all of the requirements, but we got down to, you know, in any of these things, you know, where it comes down to is, is that interview process, right? It's where we can decide that we can, it's our last use of being able to say, ah, you know, he didn't person, he didn't answer this question, right? What, whatever that means. Right. And, um, so went through the interview process. And so Gunny comes around and he's like, Hey, what, so what do you think about Castillo? And I was like, no dice. It's like, I, the kid's unprofessional. He's not what we're looking for. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like I, like, like I was the perfect specimen, right? It, it was so, so such a, a such a loser type of leadership and um so anyways gunny looks at me and he goes well actually we're gonna take castillo and he's in your team and i was like check gunny i'm gonna show you um i'm, I'm gonna show you how this goes so anyways we um he comes on my team about two weeks and i, I thought it was a test and it was a test but I thought it was a test of, am I going to just drop the standard, right? Because it's all about that standard. So anyways, uh, but he had already met the standard. Now he was trying to meet my standard. And, um, you know, where we all mess up a lot is that we think people are pieces of shit if they don't meet our standard. You know, we should all have our own individual standards. People don't have to meet our standard. We should welcome them and provide them opportunities to join us. But they don't have to live by our standard, right? They got to live by their own standard and helping them develop that. But anyways, so me sure. and Castillo, like I was getting him up every morning. He wasn't at a, a PFT that I wanted him at, a physical fitness test that I wanted him at. It was his weak point. So I was like, well, guess what my strong point was? Physical fitness. So I got him up every morning, 5 a.m. We would go and work out before the platoon workout like so uh, saturdays sundays everything and and i did it to just to make the guy miserable to to break him right and um finally about eight or nine days in we go and we run this we're running this one route and um he uh he looks at me he goes i you're, you're right you're right you're right meyer i uh i can't be you I can't, I, you know, I, I've always wanted to be a sniper, but I, I just can't be it. So anyways, we, uh, we run back to the company office 
And I'm sitting downstairs and Castillo goes up the stairs and he goes up there and he knocks on Gunny's door and he's like, Hey Gunny, I, um, uh, I'm done. And, uh, comes walking out. So I'm downstairs and I watch this guy come walking out and I'll tell you, like, I'll never forget his face. Like he was just, he was just shattered. And, um, I went upstairs and, you know, I knock on the door and, you know, I probably look like your cat would or your dog would after it killed the neighbor's cat. Yeah. You know, all proud. And, yeah. I'm all proud. And, you know, <laughs> uh, and Gunny looks at me and I go, Hey, good morning, Gunny. And he's like, yeah, what's going on, Meyer? And I said, uh, did you talk to Castillo? See, yeah, I did. I said, well, um, you know, it's no, it's no big deal, Gunny. And he's like, Oh, he goes, uh, yeah, he goes, I, I made a mistake. And I said, oh, it's, it's fine. It's no big deal. We, we all, you know, we all, we, you know, we all want people to be better than what they can be. And, you know, it's, he goes, no, I, my mistake I made was when I promoted you. And I said, uh, I said, what, what do you mean? And he said, check it out, Dakota. Here, here's the difference between the enemy and a leader. They both have very similar tactics. You know, a, a leader, both push an individual to their breaking point. They're, they push this individual to, to the point to where they, they expose their weaknesses. And what a leader does is he exposes those weaknesses for two reasons. He exposes them so he knows where they're at, so that he can always provide extra protection for where that person's weaknesses are for that person. and so that they can make that person stronger in those weak areas. He goes, what the enemy does is, is he exposes those weaknesses so that he can keep focusing on those weaknesses in order to break that person. He goes, you just became the enemy. And I got to tell you, it was the most profound conversation that I've ever had with leadership. I left and um, I begged Castillo to come back. And and you know what we what we often forget as leaders is if your guys don't if they're not better like you're a lieutenant you're you're on a what you're on an engine yeah yep you're on an engine you're a lieutenant so you're in charge of that truck right sure if your guys aren't better than you then you suck if your driver can't drive that truck better than you if that driver can't pump better than you if you're, if I don't know how many, I don't know how many backseaters you got, but if your backseater isn't better than you, well, you're not doing your job, sure. and you should be proud that they're better than you. Like if sure. you get off the truck and you ever talk about you, you ever talk about what you did, you're you're a loser. You know, like your job after becoming a lieutenant, if you want it to be about you. Then go be the driver. I don't know if y'all do that, but or go be the tailboarder. Like then be that because that's about them. And your job is to do nothing more than to support them and make sure. them fucking rock stars, right? On the backside of it, their job is to make you look like the most badass lieutenant on the face of the planet by how they perform, right? It's it's look your your uh, your op options of not performing, they're they're out the window, right? Like. Like you don't get an opportunity to not show up and perform like that is because you have to perform for you and then you have to turn around and perform for them. Right. So like you're double performing. Um, but but for them, 
It's about them. And, and if you ever get off the truck and, and you're not looking at those guys and you're not, hey, like the, 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 you should be leading by questions. By questions. I see so many captains or lieutenants, they get off the truck. And I, I know, I know of captains that make their guys wait by the truck until they do their walk around and decide what door they want them to go in. I get the idea of it, but if your guys don't know what door or where you want them to go in already, you ain't training them hard enough. You ain't doing enough reps. These guys should should be getting off the truck, and you should and be empowering them to make these decisions. And you shouldn't be telling them where to go. You should be asking them where do they think they should go. Sure, and then it's it, I completely agree and i think there's also a little bit of a little balance of you just finesse them into place right so you talked about doing the walk around real quick that's a absolutely fantastic example um the department that i work for we do 360s and that's to check for basements because of yep. people falling into basements getting killed and those are all operational things not my ego or the leader's ego so when you do a 360 they're going they're going to do their thing i don't have to tell them what line to pull i may look at it with an unknown target of not knowing where i'm going yo do 300 and just stand by we'll figure it out when we get there no big deal yeah or hey it's in the basement we gotta come around back here don't go through the front door or just a simple you know whistle yo back here let's go and it's actually the way you said it, it's very interesting because it's been very difficult for me to to articulate. Like I know what I'm saying in my brain, but I don't know how to get that out to convey that to people. But it's very interesting when you walk into a firehouse and you know – I don't want to say everyone knows more than you, but you feel it keeps you honest knowing. And this is what you want. It keeps you honest knowing You know, I need to stay sharp because I know they're sharp. And if I'm not sharp and they are, that's a problem. So I think it's a very unique feeling as a leader in general, um, knowing that when you're in a group of people, it's almost like driving a, um, at least my guys, it's like driving a uh, manual car. You got to know when to hit the gas, when to hit the clutch. Not one person. I mean, obviously I'm responsible, yeah. but situationally it's a different person stepping up. Hey guys, boom, 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 boom. Hey, yo, you know, boom, 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 boom. Then I just get to, you know, I answer for everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. All the good stuff's on them. Anything bad come to me. And it's not a big deal. I know that's my job. But I do really like the example that you used about guys in a non-operational situation making them wait for you to make the decision. No. Yeah, and, and, should and, be- and, 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 I, and I get the – look, I, I got it. And, and I, the, the, you're, you're, what you're talking about is different than what I'm talking about. Okay. I totally understand, yes, you come up on a fire scene and there needs to be a 360 done. But get your ass off the fucking truck. Yeah, oh, yeah. And get it fucking done. Sure. Right. Like, like, get, like, get, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating to me than, than, you know, we had we had a captain that like, I mean, you couldn't pull a line until you had to stand there next to the line Ugh. on the truck. Yeah. And, and let me tell you this: he did nothing fast. He didn't get off the fucking truck fast. He didn't, you know. So it's like, go get after it. But and and I, yeah, I'm not saying that people just need to go run and just have a have a hose to front door every fucking time. Uh, sure. But I understand the 360 part. But get your ass off there. Like it should be a race. It, you know, it should be a race for you to do your 360. By the time I can get out of the back of the truck and I'm grabbing a fucking line, right? Like 
this is how it should be. It should yeah. almost be like, you better get it fucking done. I mean, you, you know what I mean? And it's like, yes, no, I, I do. And, and, and it's like, but so often, man, what you said, you just hit on it really well is guys get in a leadership position and they promote because they want an easier job and they, they quit worrying about being that firefighter. Well, I, I'm a Lieutenant. I don't, I don't do that anymore. Well, what do you mean you don't do that anymore? Well, what do you mean? You should be the expert at all of it. Like if you're the Lieutenant, you have to be the expert. Like you have to be an expert at driving, at pumping, at, at I mean, you, you've got to be all of it. Like, like you've got to be the multi-tool of the fire service. And, yeah. and actually the standard is higher for you because not only do you have to keep your skills high, mm-hmm. you have to also be able to teach those skills. And so, you know, but I, I see a lot of times, I mean, I think so often, I think the most toxic position in the fire service, and I, I, I don't like when people make the driver a position. I think it is the most toxic position in the fire service because guys, get promoted to driver and usually they do the least amount of what I've seen where our departments are, right? They get the driver, they get out of shape, they start getting fat, they're demotivated. You know, um it's a it's a position that that I think and then what they do is they stick to driver and then they don't want to promote to lieutenant or captain. Right? right. So so they get in that driver position. You know what I'm talking about. They get I know that, I I right. what you're talking and about. Then, and then they become, they become, you know, uh, disgruntled. They start becoming the, the, the shit for the, the, I mean, I got to tell you, like a, a driver going on a medical call, there's nobody who bitches more than a driver going on a medical call. There's some guys like that. That's pretty Am funny. Am I wrong? No, you're not. And you know, and here's the other thing too. And, and this is, this is a mentality that I know my guys carry and I know in, in, in the, the area that I'm, that I work in and a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, I work in a combination system as well. The driver's the dude, right? He's the dude. He should be the expert that is just under the officer and experience knowledge. And by knowledge, I mean, area operations as a firefighter, a driver, um, a backup guy, anyone on the nozzle team, or, you know, ladder truck, rescue squad, whatever, but you understand what I'm saying. You should be that dude. So you could literally have somebody that works completely across the county come in, know nothing. And they literally, literally, and if they don't, if they can't, the driver can do this too. You just talk on the radio, do the officer stuff the firefighters cannot do because it, it doesn't work that way. You be an officer and do that. We got all of this. And, and I got to tell you, there's in our department, I mean, there's some that are not, but a lot of the times the drivers are the ones that are those informal leaders just under the officer where the firefighters go to him. They're like usually the senior firefighters. They're the sharp ones. They know, like I said, area equipment, the nuances of the fire department, the nuances of your operating procedures, all that. Like they're they're the guy that also in time that I've had when I was a young officer and, and I learned this the hard way, they'll keep the officer in check. Like they'll pull you aside like, yo. Like, let's go talk real quick. Hey, motherfucker, you can't keep getting lost like this. Hey, you suck right now. They're not going to listen to you. You need to fix yourself. Stop screwing up. Stop being an idiot. Get it fucking done. You're a lieutenant. I'm not doing your job for you. You have to go train. You have to help them train. And it's something that 
it, I'm all I'm saying is, you know, it's it's very interesting about uh, the driver thing because they've got that. You know, you got both. You you've got both sides of it, and and up by me that that's that's the you know that's who they are. Well, you know, I, so so I think it was Philly. Is either Phil? Yeah, it was Philadelphia. I think. Yeah. So so Philadelphia, they they have a badass system. So what they do is, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's them. It's either them or New York, or not New York, but Utica. But like, anyways. So I went to a department the other day, and what they do is, is every shift, other than the officer spot, the other three rotate. We do that. Yep. Yeah. So like, but so driver's not just a position. Correct. So w- where we're at, you get promoted from firefighter to driver. Mm-hmm. So it's like a position. The driver's the driver. Right. That's all he does. He doesn't do anything else. That's all he does. So- he doesn't do anything else. So in our department, we have technicians and you yeah. get one per station, one per four shifts, unless you're in special ops. So like hazmat, technical rescue, all that, just because of, you know, the equipment, the nuances, the training, all that, they have two technicians, but you get one dude per four shifts and then any firefighter can be a driver. So, <clears throat> you know, you could have seven people total, one officer, six firefighters, you know, two of them could be medics. So that would be like four drivers or I don't, my math's terrible right now, but either way. Yeah. And then everyone can cycle through. So they are driving the fire truck, riding as a backup man yeah, or a nozzle man, depending because the medics flip flop. So they'll ride the line and ride the bar. So they're doing everything and being a medic and then they'll go drive the ambulance. So they know everyone knows everyone's position at all layers. And it's a really, really good system in my opinion. And, and, and I think, and I want to think about this with the, or talk to you about this a little bit where you know, we talked about toxic leadership. You brought that up and how toxic that driver position can be, you know, and toxic leadership in general. And I think people typically leave firehouses or jobs um, because of pay or leadership. And I don't think, you know, you don't think it's pay. Let's focus on, we'll focus on leadership for this then. Um, And I think if you're, you know, people that don't want to go to a firehouse, they always have vacancies. They don't want to be there. They're running out the door to transfer out. It's not because they're interacting with each other and not getting along. It's because of their leadership, in my experience and what I've noticed. And maybe I'm maybe I'm off uh, maybe I'm off a little bit, but my personal experience, it's a lot of leadership problems. Like you go in, your officer sucks. You have to do everything. You have to pick up the slack, you know. And vice versa, it could be the other way too. But let's talk about that a little bit of uh, toxic leadership. You know, you've touched on it a few times. And I think I think um, what's worse than your officer sucking is that your officer not holding everybody accountable. Like the standard not being the standard, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I gotta be honest. There, there were uh, there were times that I didn't want to go work a shift. I didn't want to go in because I felt like the forty eight hours that I was there, I got worse. Like I got worse because oh, because of the attitudes, because of the type of people I was around, right? Mm. The bitching, the complaining the the moaning about medical calls or i mean it's like look like look here's the reality and somebody needs to set them down like i i asked this question the other day i said look how many of you all hate medical calls and everybody threw their fucking hand up and it's like well let me just be honest with you if you hate and complain about medical calls this isn't me speaking you should statistically quit because you hate 90 percent of your job yeah. And as the fire service going forward, 
if we don't take pride in providing medical service, providing EMS and all that, as much as we do fire and extrications, then we're like, we're not doing our job. 90% of our job, we're, we're, not, we're not doing it great. We're not great firefighters. If you, 90% of what you're asked to do, like, are we going to be conditional firefighters? Are we going to be conditional public servants? Like, no. oh, we only, we only provide great service and we only are going to, you know, appreciate this job when we're doing stuff that we like and that we want to do. <laughs> what, what is that? What type of mentality is that? Right. So, I mean, I think I think I think the toxicness, it doesn't just come from like you can't just blame it all on leadership. We got toxic fucking followers. Let's talk about that. Sure. Let's talk about toxic followers. Right. Like the reality is, is everybody has responsibility. To, to do their part. And when but what's bred all this is isn't we like I don't want to say toxic. I think take. What's bred, what we need to replace the word toxic with is boredom, right? Like, like the busier stations, the busier houses, those guys, everybody wants to go to those houses. Go, I'll take you to the houses in Philadelphia, to Charlotte, to all those. The busiest houses, they got the tightest group. They got the tightest yeah. people. It's the hardest one to transfer in. They're the pickiest. They're the pickiest. Austin, AFD, like they're the pickiest on who they allow in. They have the highest pride, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think it's kind of badass. And so I think that like, look, man, like, I think what happens is, is you got, you do have some people who get into the job and they're just there, they're, they're pension chasers. But the reality is if you're a firefighter for the money and not for the sense of purpose and title, well, let me look, call me up. I'll get you on LinkedIn and I'll help you get a job that you can go make more money. Like if you're just going to chase dollars and leave every department because this one's paying 50 cents more or whatever else, um, then, and it's all about what you get from the department. Listen, I, I, heard a, I heard guys the other day talking about, they don't think that they get paid enough to be told what to do outside of being on a call. What? Yeah. Really? Like, insane. So, you know, what I tell you is, is look, if, if you're in the fire service and you want to do it for the money, man, there's tons of jobs out there. Let me help you. Like, listen, we, we need to, I think we should get a team together and we should help them find, you know, they can, listen, tech, there's a lot of money in tech right now. You know, sure. there's a lot of money in AI. Go get a job like that. If you're, if you're in the fire service, it's about, it's about serving the community. Yeah, I look. I got pay, and all this matters. And I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't. But what I'm saying is, is if you want to become rich, it ain't gonna be in the fire service. If you right. want to become fulfilled, it's in the fire service. The opportunities are there, man. You know, we are nothing more than a glorified, a glorified customer service business. Yeah. Right. We get to help people. It's the closest thing to being Superman. Sure. You know sure. what I mean. And so I, do. I, I, I think that I, I think we blame all this stuff on our, our chiefs and we try to push this responsibility of, oh, you know, it's it's fucked policies. It's maybe. But but if you're a leader and you're leading by policy. Well, you're a D level, you're a manager. Lead people. 
You know, lead people. Do the right thing. You know, follow, raise the standard. Like, if you're going to wake up and live by the department standard, you're a D-level firefighter. That's the bare minimum. Raise your own standard. What is your standard when you get on that truck? What is your standard on how you're going to present people? And I'll tell you this. The majority of people who are complaining in, it doesn't matter. People are people. The same problems that you've got here, the same problems in the military, they're the same problems everywhere, right? Uh, the same person that comes and complains on shift is the same person that complains at home, is the same person that complains everywhere, right? And, and what we've got to do as leaders is we have got to stop participating in it and we've got to turn the conversation yes you like the biggest thing you can do is instead of just like but let me say this how often and i'm not i'm not throwing this directly at you i'm throwing at whoever's listening as a leader how often do you sit there and shit talk the people above you probably a lot so as much as you are leading people You're also showing them how to be a follower. So if you're talking shit about the people above you, what do you think the guys below you are doing to you? Great point. You know, so it's like, let's let's change the narrative. Like we can blame it on, oh, you know, non-aggressive tactics or this or that, right? Like at the end of the day, let me tell you, let me ask you this. A life priority fire? What? what? What what are what are you not going to do, right? Are, are you really going to look at, at? Are you going to think about the policy when there's somebody's life you could save? Is that even going to cross through your mind? Absolutely nope. not. Nope. So at the end of the day, we blame all these things. Well, you know, we can't train because of this bullshit. Bullshit. Like right. Like I get that. You know, we might not be able to do as much. You know, live fire exercises as we want. But when you talk about training, how often are you? You know, going to a fire alarm that you've gone to a hundred times, you pass a hydrant that you could catch, but you don't catch it, right? You just pretend. Like, how often do you miss out on training opportunities on these calls of getting these reps and keeping your guys engaged, right? Like, like what about what if you took every medical call and you said, hey, like when you leave that medical call, your guys on the way back, are y'all talking about dumb shit or are you sitting here talking about, hey, did you see that at this house, man? If we had a structure fire here, dude, we, we better watch out for this. Hey, did you notice this? Right? Like, how often are we missing out, you as a leader, of engaging and keeping your guys looking at things that way? Sure. And I think engagement, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, there's a couple things in there that I, that I wanted to touch on. You Engagement is a huge thing. And I think when a crew gets to a certain point, um, your training should adapt to them if that makes sense. So, you know, you talked about earlier about people talking about their weaknesses, exposing weaknesses, not, you know, through beating them down, but just, you know, whatever it is. I think, you know, that's when you take the time to focus on those, you sharpen that edge, you keep them engaged, you talk fireman stuff, you you look at fireman stuff. And I really like the fact that you brought up, um, you know, not missing on opportunities to train. When I was a young firefighter, I would have an officer obviously situational dependent. If it's inappropriate, you don't do it, but we'd be on a medical doing whatever. And, uh, you know, go out and grab this bag. So I go grab the bag and come back in, hand them, you know, hand it to the the guy on the ambulance and he said, Hey, um, where are the basement steps? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, where are the basement steps in this house? Oh, well, they're back behind the steps to go upstairs. He goes, all right, cool. Um, 
is there a basement? Well, yeah. Or, hey, if you had to call Mayday right now, right now, yeah. give me your Lunar, do this, do that, whatever. All right, cool. You know, all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, and engagement doesn't mean you're outside pulling lines every single day monotonously, right? It could be tailored to the person. You know, hey, Dave, you, we talked about building construction and you said, oh, you know, you made that comment of, shit, man, I don't really know this stuff that great. Let's go talk about that. You said you didn't really know it that great. Well, don't you? What do you think you need to work on? Oh, you want to talk about X, Y, and Z. And then you talk about it. You stay engaged throughout the day. And I really like the fact that you talked about the busier firehouses. People go there and want to stay there. And then the shitty firehouses, you know, people, they attract shit bags and they stay and they just enjoy being shit bags and they go off in their own corners of the firehouse. They do nothing together. Um, or when they're busier, I feel like you kind of value your time together off the call because you don't have a whole lot of it. And you're getting your, you know, you're getting your ass kicked, but you're all getting your ass kicked together. You're all up all night together. You're all Very scrapping different. food down. That's cold from three hours ago together. So I know you're going through it so I can go through it. And you know what, if we can do this together, we're probably going to be okay. And the last part that I, uh, we're not, excuse me, back up a second. Um, the firehouse that I work at, we don't have a formal day room. Like there is no fire. There is no like TV room with leather recliners with a big television on the there's a kitchen that we eat dinner at that has a TV and, and, you know, cook our food, all that. And we all sit down together. They have like rolly chairs. They're not that comfortable. They're not that great. We also have like a back training room that has like a couple tables and like a large projection screen TV for, um, you know, like PowerPoints, that kind of stuff. Or the tailboard, the fire truck right behind it on some rolly chairs as well. So there's places to be comfortable, but you don't have a place to go and just go to sleep and just not pay attention to anything. And I, I think it's a very, um, a very great environment to foster the engagement, right? You don't, you're not sitting there doing your own thing in a recliner falling asleep. No, you're all sitting around. You're talking about fire department stuff. You're talking about calls that you ran, calls other shift ran, random stuff you see throughout the country on social media because social media has does have good stuff besides some of the, you know, the bad stuff. Even though I think those kind of get convoluted, but. You know, you can take that. Hey, man, did you see this fire over in Philly? Did you see this fire in D.C. or New York? Whatever. What do you think we would do? Hey, a shift ran this. What would we do here? Hey, did you hear about X, Y and Z on the union page? Those are all opportunities as an officer and as a leader and as an informal leader, as, as, a, as a firefighter, as anyone to be able to say, you know, you jump in, you add your expertise, you learn something or, hey, I didn't know that. Tell me more. Or. You think you know something, someone calls your ass out and they're like, no, you're wrong. This is why you're wrong. Here's the answer. But you're all chucking and jiving together. You're not there to shit on each other, but you're engaged. And I think as an officer, you know, you hear these people talk about stuff. <clears throat> excuse me. You talk about that stuff and you can toss in your expertise, but you don't really berate your, not, your, berate your, your authority in there. You throw your experiences where you can, you know, I, I think. And then I think. Also, like when they start talking about like gossip and you know how it is, how guys, you know, guys in the firehouse can be, you know, you don't engage with it or you just say, yeah, man, I, nah, I don't really know. But you know what? This is what we got to do. It's boom, 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 boom. Let's just knock it out. Don't even fucking worry about that shit. It's just, you can't control it. Whatever. And then you get those medical calls. We'll talk about that for a few seconds. You get those medical calls. Do I want to go on a medical? No, I'd rather go on a house fire, but I can't control that. It's out of my, I, I can't control this. Like but I don't, you, you know, just, had you rather go on a medical or had you rather go on a house fire that you didn't get to make entry on and all you were doing was pulling sealant? Flowing water or nothing. nothing. Or you're, so, you know, freezing cold and you got to be out there for six to eight hours to cool it down. Right. Which had you rather done? 
that medical could have been done. You could have been back in the firehouse and roll the dice again. You never know. I mean, they, they all have their advantages and disadvantages and, and good things and bad or fun things and non-fun things. And very good point. I do. I do like that. I appreciate that. Um, it's true. But the point that I'm making is, and, and I'm sure you know this, is, you know, I can't control the calls. You take it one call at a time, one day at a time. And I think, and what I try to carry myself with is, I can't control that shit. It can't, I, I can't fix it. I can't change it. Who the hell cares? Just go on the call. Whatever. And just go in there with professionalism and have a good attitude and carry yourself the right way. And what I've learned is, I mean, people are going to bitch and gripe about different things. It's just the way it is. I mean, it's just yeah. human beings. Just deal with it. And when they see you not caring or they see you not complaining and they see you carrying yourself a certain – carrying yourself a certain way, well, you know, if the lieutenant – is acting that way, you know, maybe I'm kind of out of line and maybe I should stop being a bitch or well, I should stop taking pride in those calls. They'll right. start taking pride in them. Right. Sure. Like, sure. Like, you know, like when you don't accept, but again, like, look, you're not the only leader on the ship. The reality is correct. Is that everybody's a leader on that ship. You're correct. already leaders of the community. You're mm-hmm. already leaders of the community. Right. So like you're the leader of them, but they should also be able to lead you back. Right. Like like you shouldn't be untouchable as to if you're fucked up. Right. Like if you can't allow like if your tailboarder can't come to you and be like, hey, Lou, man, you missed the mark on that one. Hey, you shouldn't have talked to that person that way. If that if that, like iron sharpens iron. Yep. And, and like, totally look, like so if they can't come to you and be like, hey, Lou, you ain't been working out. Hey, senior firefighter, like you're you're getting a little fucking chubby. Like, hey, it's it's time to lay off the fucking ho-hos and let's get out here and, and you know, you're, you ain't been doing the hour a day that we're supposed to be doing. Like, nothing should be off the table. The standard's the standard. And the only person that shouldn't be, like, it shouldn't just be that, that hey, somebody above you has to call you out. Like, listen, it, it should be game on. And, you know, we've, we've lost this brotherhood of, you know, you get to choose as a, it doesn't matter what rank you are as a, as a firefighter, as a person, as a dad, as a husband, whatever you can either be liked or you can be trusted, but you can't be both. Now, now what I'm saying is, and I'm not saying they don't coexist because sometimes they do, but if your priority is to be liked and to, to go off popularity, nobody's going to trust you. Sure. If you're, and I give this example all the time. And, and, and just go with me on this. But like, what do politicians live off of? Popularity and being liked. Do you trust them? No. Let's look at, let's look at, let's look at uh, police officers. You know, you could get it. You could know that you're speeding. You could be sitting there having a conversation. I hope I don't get pulled over. Know how fast you're going. Get pulled over by a cop. And a cop walks up to you. And what's usually his first question? You know why I pulled you over? And you go, yeah, I was speeding 15 over. And he goes, you know what? Since you were honest with me, I'm going to write you a ticket for 10 over. Sure. Are you happy with him? Do you yeah. like him at that moment? Fuck Probably no. not. You're pissed off. Sure. But do you trust him? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So like. Sure. You can either be liked or you can be trusted. And so often the fire service, I think the most self and in life in general. I think the I think the most selfish thing that we do is that we we don't 
We don't tell people what they need to hear at the because we don't want them to not like us. So we tell them what they want to hear so that they still like us. And we compromise in, 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 in return of that. We are sacrificing what's best for them for what's best for us. And that's the most selfish thing that we do as people. That, that's not love. You know, we sure. talk about this brotherhood. That, hey, man, you know, we're, we're here to make each other the best that we can be. Like, like love is me telling you what you need to hear, even if it's at the expense of you not liking me. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually very interesting the way you said that. And what I've learned is the officers that I respected from their actions the most, I think, I mean, I liked working for them. Like, you know, do I like to get cussed out for doing something stupid? No. But at the end of the day, there comes a point from the trust where, you know, they're almost to the point where it's like, you know, hey, man, look, we've talked about some of this stuff already. I, I'm not even mad at you anymore. I'm disappointed. How do you think that makes you feel? Because you trust them. You respect them. And I think with, I think with trust comes respect. And then, you know, when they trust – I don't want to say they're easier to like, but I've always found guys that I really, really respect, I've always liked them because I wanted to work around them. And I wanted to work around them not because they were nice to me. I wanted to work around them because I had the respect – for the way they carried themselves and made me better. Respect um, and comfort don't coexist. Right. 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 Like when you hang around people, like I want you to go the rest of the day. And here's what I want you to do. Everybody you talk to, mm -hmm. everybody you come in contact with, you spend time with. Ask yourself, is it, is it because you respect them? Do you want to be like them? Or is it because they make you comfortable because they agree with your bullshit? Right. And they're not going to challenge you. Sure. And, and, and in reality, you know, that's a hard one to look at. Right. And, and, um, and people are either making you better or they're making you worse. Yeah. And it, it's, it's one of those deals, man. And, and, you know, but before you can, you know, before, you know, people are going to like, do they respect your rank or they respect you as a firefighter? Do people look at you and say, Hey, look, Man, Erlu is badass. Like that dude right there, like he is. I mean, like, do they or do they not? Right? And 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 you know, you gotta figure out what you want to be. And then first, you know, you gotta you hold people to the same standard you hold yourself to. The days are over of do as I say, not as I do. Like I think the most loser thing that anybody says is when they use how long they've been in the fire service to just to justify the respect that they need. I agree. Longe longevity, longevity is not a measure of um, your commitment or your abilities, right? You could have a guy no. that's, what's that? No, it doesn't. Like, yeah, oh, so you've been in for 23 years? So you've showed up and you still suck this bad after 23 years. I can only yeah. imagine how bad you sucked 20 years ago, right? Sure. Like, 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 whether you, if you suck or you don't suck, I mean, it could have just be 23 years of being a, a, just a guy that a participation trophy, right? Like, it's like anytime you have to throw rank, anytime you have to throw what you've done, anytime you have to talk about the past, it's an Uncle, Uncle Rico style of leadership. 
Uncle Rico. <laughs> That's a good reference. I like the Uncle Rico. But yeah, I mean, you know, and that kind of comes into that whole senior man thing. I, and I feel like I hear this get talked about a lot. And it's, I don't want to say pop culture with the fire service of being a senior man. But what I've learned is sen- seniority, when you're a senior firefighter, or you're a, a informal leader, it's on your actions, not longevity, which we talked about. And this is what I wanted to say was, you know, you could have a guy with 20 years, it sucks. But you could also have a guy with four years that is very, very good at what he does. Not, I'm not saying for his level. I'm saying very good at what he does because of the way he carries himself. He, he, he holds himself accountable. He works and trains himself to have that knowledge. And then he acts a certain way. You know, because again, leadership, and you know this, leadership is your actions and how you talk and how you get others to do something or not go to motivate others to do something, pick people up when they're down and put someone in check when they need to be. There's nothing in leadership where it talks about you have to have a certain rank to do it. It doesn't, right? It doesn't say you have to be whatever, uh, anything. It's just leadership. And that's through human nature through being a human being and your actions and the interactions you have with those humans that you are, you know, leading or you're a part of a team. Um, a little bit ago, we talked about uh, how people act in the firehouse. And one thing I, I wanted to touch back on real quick, I don't want to talk in circles, is, you know, the other thing I learned as an officer is when you shut up and listen to these guys and you just start watching you participate in the conversation, but you start watching and stop thinking about yourself. You'll actually watch how people can kind of gravitate towards somebody. And then they gravitate, gravitate towards this other dude for something else. And then when you have that, and if you're smart, and I wasn't for a while, but I think I kind of picked up on this was, as you see those things happen, use them. You know, I'm not, you're not using people, but that's your job as the leader to jump in and just continue to guide that team in that direction and, and use those people in their, in their, in their uh, realms of expertise to get whatever it is you need done. Right. And, and I think with that, you'll be successful. And when you're approachable and, and I don't think I'm trying to think of how to say this, but when people get upset, when you get your balls broke or people call your ass out for doing something stupid or you suck at something, you screw up a call. When they come to you and tell you that it's almost like they're giving you a tryout for, can I trust this guy? Hey, can he be approachable if he screws up? Cause he can come to us as the officer. If I go to him and I'm like, you know, LT, you, you do it in private or whatever, you know, Hey man, you really fucked this call up for us. We were supposed to do A, B and C and you did X, Y, and Z. And you, they're testing you, I think, cause you're going to be challenged whether you like it or not, whether it's on purpose or not, there's going to be challenges as an officer, as a leader, as a fire, anyone, you're going to get challenged. They're going to come to you and they're going to go straight on. They're going to, you know, and it's how you handle it. And you can either do really well with that or you can suck at it. But I think when you are approachable, you can, you can take the criticisms and you can grow with them by getting better at those things, even though they're your shortcomings, you're going to be successful as a leader. And that's, and that's the, the environment that those people thrive on, the people, everyone thrives on. Why I said it like that. Yeah. I mean, look, our perceptions of ourselves are never reality. Sure. And so when, when these guys come and, and, you know, look, criticism is nothing more than advice we don't want to hear. Yeah. And so, look, I don't take criticism from anybody that I don't wouldn't call for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that piece, right? And then, you know, when a guy comes to you and he says, "Hey, Lou, like, look, there's there's the, there's still a disconnect, and it's your fault." If if he says, "Hey, Lou, we were supposed to do A, B, and C." 
no matter what, like it's still an opportunity for you to lead, right? So either one or two things happen. Either you were wrong and you need to own it and be like, yeah, man, I seen this and that's why I did X, Y, and Z, but you're a hundred percent right, man. And it just shows me that like I, my, I've trained like, like, look, we're, we've got it right because man, I've got my junior, my junior guys who are, who are still getting it right. You know, even I mess up and, and, what a, what a badass job you did of doing A, B, and C that needed to be done because I didn't see that, right? And you get to have an observation that he's seen that, that triggered him to do the right thing or you to do the wrong thing, right? You can have that conversation. Or the other piece is, is you know, why did he do A, B, and C and you did X, Y, and Z? And how can, you know, you, they both might have been right. And so here's an opportunity to talk about this, this piece of it and to help understand how to get closer to where you're both doing the same thing, right? And so you know, such an awesome opportunity and don't miss out on that. But, but what I want to do is, is before we, before we get off this is I, I don't, I don't shit on the fire service. Like, like what I tell you is, is, is serving our community, serving our country. Um, it's the best job on the face of the planet. And I don't think, and I'll tell you the narrative I want changed. I don't think we have a whole slew of you know, look, first off, I, I think this next generation is better than we ever were. They're smarter than we ever were. They are, they are, they're in better shape. They're more educated than we ever were, right? Like any leader who says this next generation is not as good, it's because they're a weak leader, period. Um, what I will tell you is, is that I believe that still the majority of the fire service and any of the service, the military, all this, they're great. They're the next greatest generation. Um, I just think that we have a problem. We don't, we don't have an overabundance of bad people or shitbags. We just have an overabundance of good people who aren't willing to stand up and call out the bad ones. That's our problem right now. I could see that. All right. I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, I think the example that we used of, uh, you know, the two guys or the firefighter and the officer, I think <clears throat> all those and even actually every example we talked about so far on this podcast is just the trials and tribulations of, of leadership, both informal and formal of being a fireman, of being a being an officer, um, being a human being. And, and I think, you know, obviously the whole goal is uh, each one, teach one, bring one up, right? You know, you want to teach everything to the guy below you, learn everything of the guy above you. And then I don't want to say find somebody, but if you find someone that's on a different level, bring them up to the best that you can and then send them on their way. And hopefully you're teaching other leaders. You're teaching them to be future officers or a guy that's just going to try and make an impact and just in someone's life. I mean, not to be like all, you know, off the radar of it, but, or, you know, off topic, but like teach people how to be a good fucking human being, right? Treat people with respect. You know, you go out in these calls and you don't want to be there, but be nice to the homeowner, uh, you know? And I mean, obviously situations dictate you, you know, if they're being shitty towards you, you default to professionalism and you, you give them absolutely everything you should as a, as a professional human, but be compassionate with people. It's okay to tell people I'm sorry that for your loss, I'm, you know, all those, whatever, whatever example you want to use, that's what we need to teach them. That's how we need to carry ourselves. That's how we if, need to if, move if, forward if in the fire service. Yeah. We've got to be unconditional in a conditional world. Like if mm, you're going to be a firefighter good. and you're still going to show up to the job, be the best damn firefighter that you can be, whether you're getting paid what you think you should or any of this. If, 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 if you, 
don't believe you're getting paid what you should, then quit being a fucking firefighter. Right. Like, like then go do something else. Right. Like, look, but I'll tell you this, the, the quit being conditional in a conditional world, because I'll tell you this, if everybody only got what they deserved, if we as individuals only got what we deserved when we deserved it, none of us would be where we're at. The second chances, the opportunities, the people who were good to us when we didn't deserve them to be good to us, the, the people gave us their time, all this, you know, and I'll tell you, if you can't be a good dad or a good mom, if you can't be a good husband, a good wife, if you can't be good outside the fire service, you can't fucking be good in it. No, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's a great point. And um, I think this is going to be a good place to kind of wrap this up. Um, oh, yeah. Dakota, thank you so much. You know, overall, I think in leadership and in life, it all comes down to just being a good freaking human being. I, I really do believe if yeah. you carry yourself that way, it's going to, things are going to work out. I know that I've had a lot of second chances. I've had a lot of people that I shit on and got a lot of second chances. I've given second chances. And, and you know, I think when you empower people, they're going to come a long way. I think they can, you know, there's plenty of people that can turn that ship right around, regardless of how late in the time it is. It's just a matter of just, never too late. You know, it's never, it's never too late. It's never too late. So, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything we touched, we didn't touch on or That's good, man. I appreciate right. you having um, me. Oh, it's no problem. Thank you so much. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. You know, your books are great. Um, we're going to add all of your uh, social medias to uh, the episode description. Um, don't go anywhere while I close this out. Um, everybody, thank you for your time. Uh, we have some more episodes coming up soon. It's going to be Tip of the Spirit Leadership Podcast. Everybody, you have a great day. Enjoy the holidays. Dakota, thank you again. And uh, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Cool.